The world is more complex than ever. Who can make sense of it? Join Reverend Michael Angley Oguche on NUMA Podcast each week as he shows you how God's Word connects directly to your life in this age and helps you navigate trials and tribulations. If you want to deepen your relationship with God and learn what He has in store for you, listen and subscribe to NUMA Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for NUMA Podcast. Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I am so thrilled you are able to join NUMA Podcast today. The key text for this podcast is the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 1 to 13. So, the Lord sent the prophet Nathan to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain city, one very rich, owning many flocks of sheep and herds of goats, and the other very poor, owning nothing but a little lamb he had managed to buy. It was his children's pet, and he fed it from his own plate and let it drink from his own cup. He cuddled it in his arm like a baby daughter. Recently a guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but instead of killing a lamb from his own flocks for food for the traveler, he took the poor man's lamb and roasted it and served it. David was furious. I swear by the living God, he vowed, any man who would do a thing like that should be put to death. He shall repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are that rich man. The Lord God of Israel says, I made you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you his palace and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much much more. Why then have you despised the laws of God and done these horrible deeds? For you have murdered Uriah and stolen his wife. Therefore, murder shall be a constant threat in your family from this time on because you have insulted me by taking Uriah's wife. I vow that because of what you have done, I will curse your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man, and he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly, but I will do this to you openly in the sight of all Israel. I have sinned against the Lord David confessed to Nathan. Join me 
as I pray that the Lord God will have his way in this podcast. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I worship you today because of who you are. I thank you for another privilege to be able to bring your word to the world at this time. Lord, I pray that you will inspire me, O God, and enlighten the mind of my listeners today. Father God Almighty, we're not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Therefore, Father, we stand against every plans of the enemy to steal your word from the heart of the people. And I ask, O Lord, that your name will be glorified, even as I speak, Lord. Father, let your word comfort, not my word, but yours, O God. Let me just be the loudspeaker today for you. And all of this, Father, I seal in the name of the precious Jesus Christ, the one who is coming back again for us. Amen. The title of this podcast is The Importance of Brokenness Before the Lord. The Importance of Brokenness Before the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I love documentaries. These days, when I am free, I spend time watching documentaries on how things are restored. For example, I enjoy watching how decades-old cars, furnitures, and other things are restored to their original state. They are given a new lease of life so that they can live again, so that they can be used again. My brothers and my sisters in Jesus Christ, there are essentially two reasons for restoration, broken, damaged, and outdated. There is a popular American expression commonly used in the political corridors that says, if it is not broken, why fix it? This is so apt, except that some of us are broken people who live in a broken world and needing a broken Savior to save us from our brokenness. Even the prophet Isaiah felt broken in his time. Here is what he said in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5. I was frightened and said, Oh no, I would be destroyed. I am not pure enough to speak to God, and I live among people who are not pure enough to speak to Him. But I have seen the King, the Lord, all-powerful. Friends, each time we have a proper encounter with God, the sense of brokenness is made so strong because we are truly nothing before the Almighty God. That said, We human beings have the tendency to improve things. That is the reason I invested substantial amount of money on hand tools, because I like to fix things. Today, however, I want to share with you a very important thought on brokenness. But what does brokenness really mean? Brokenness can be interpreted to represent many things depending on perspectives. 
For the purpose of this podcast, I will consider brokenness as the state of imperfection. This is how Paul the Apostle puts it, as rendered by the Living Bible Translation, and that is in Romans chapter 7 verse 21 to 25. It seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. But there is something else deep within me in my lower nature that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to the scene that is still within me. In my mind, I want to be God's willing servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin. So you see how it is. My new life tells me to do right, but the old nature that is still inside me loves to sin. Oh, what a terrible predicament I am in. Who will free me from my slavery to this deadly lower nature? Thank God it has been done by Jesus Christ our Lord. He has set me free. And you know what, brothers and sisters? When Jesus sets you free, you are free indeed. That's why we are called the followers of Jesus Christ. That's why we are disciples. My dear brothers and my sisters in Jesus Christ, this Pauline reflection on his habitual failure is the picture of some of us, no matter how we try to claim super spirituality and relationship with the divine. This is simply so because of our fallen nature and the propensity to sin in this broken world. Again, thank God for his mercy over us. Sometimes when I listen to some Christians, especially the men of God, I cringe because of their authoritative utterances, as if to say they have reached the state of perfection. It's important to keep in mind that as long as we are in this tent and in this camp, we are susceptible to sin at any time and at any place. In Matthew 26 verse 41, the Lord Jesus Christ cursed his followers. He said this, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Friends, in Jesus Christ, this should be our attitude towards life. None of us are there yet, and the moment we understand this, the better for our onward relationship with God our Father. As you tag along with me on this, I want you to reflect on your own attitude as a child of God and ask yourself this pertinent question. Am I a broken person? Remember, Jesus Christ once said in Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 17, Who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting the sin-sick, not the spiritually fit. So Jesus Christ did not come for those who are perfect already, for those who don't feel they are broken. 
Instead, he comes for those misfit of this world, of which I'm one of them. In our key text today, and that is the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 1 to 13, is a story of a man appropriately described as a man after God's own heart. And you find this in 1 Samuel, chapter 13, verse 14. Now, King David was so called a man after God's own heart, not because he was a holy man in that sense. He was not, though he was indeed a man of God. This is Numa Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you. Keep listening. In verses 1 to 4 of 2 Samuel chapter 12, we see the prophet Nathan's encounter with King David over his sin using metaphorical representation as was the practice. Verse 5 said of the injustice, David was furious. I swear by the living God, he vowed any man who would do a thing like that should be put to death. He shall repay for lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. Brothers and sisters, this kind of unflinching judgment came right out of a contrite heart, a heart after God's own heart, and indeed out of a broken heart. Not that the king did not think of the probability of the allegory that it might have something to do with him as a result of the prophet's visitation. Yet, in his judgment, he was pure and he was divine. How many times did we attempt to force truth out of the scripture to further our own vested interest or agenda? We do that by misrepresenting the truth clearly outlined in the word of God. But no, not King David. His verdict of the injustice was straight and direct. He was going to punish the offender which unknown to him was his majesty. This is one of the reasons he earned the title of a man after God's own heart, in other words, a God chaser. The moment prophet Nathan reeled out God's riot act to him, it became crystal clear and instead of defending his terrible act against his soldier Uriah, King David acknowledged and owned up. He said in verse number 13 of our key text, I have sinned against the Lord and confessed to the prophet Nathan. My dear listeners, this singular act sealed his fate before his God. In repentance, King David prayed these prayers. Psalm 51 verse 14 to 17. Don't sentence me to death, O my God. You alone can rescue me. Then I will sing of your forgiveness, for my lips will be unsealed. Oh, how I will praise you. You don't want penance. If you did, how gladly I would do it. You aren't interested in offerings burned before you on the altar. 
it is a broken spirit you want. Remorse and penitence. A broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not ignore. And ignore, God did not ignore his servant David. The king not only acknowledged his sins, but repented of them too. This is the action of a man that understood the importance of brokenness before his God. He knew that brokenness of heart is a roadmap to the joy of the Lord and to the fulfillment because of the mercies of God. What distinguished King David from all the others were his humility, reverence, his devotion, and his obedience to his God. And all of these, in my view, are the characteristics of a broken person who recognizes his or her own vulnerability. Friends, the process of restoration can be tasking and painful, as they entail, for example, for an old furniture would have to be stripped away to reveal all the old scuffs, rings, wrinkles, and the unpleasant spots on it. After this, the paper sanding to smooth out all visible imperfections to prepare it for a new color or paint to be applied, so that it can be given a new lease of life for many years to come. By confessing to God in the presence of the prophet Nathan, King David's hidden imperfections were revealed for all to see, and then the sounding out and making smooth of his life took place, after which restoration of his soul was complete. All because he recognized the importance of brokenness before his God. My brothers and my sisters, I don't know where you are at today or whether you recognize that you are a broken person today. But the truth is this, most of us are broken. There is nothing wrong with being broken before the Lord, provided you acknowledge his sovereignty. Try not to run away from being broken, regardless of how difficult it may be. Regardless of how difficult it may seem, regardless of what process it takes, it will make you a better version of yourself. And this is what we're talking about today, the importance of brokenness before the Lord. As I bring this podcast to a close today, I want to remind you of a few reasons why brokenness is important in our work with God. Brokenness reminds us of our spiritual bankruptcy before God and draws us closer to God. For many years, I thought I was on a higher spiritual pedestal until there was a major shift in my family life. And then I learned the lesson of brokenness. Now, I understand that it is only by the grace of God that we are able to continue to follow Jesus Christ and not because of anything we are able to do ourselves. So, we cannot boast of personal antics. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 to 8 have this important thing to say to you today, my friend. 
It says this, When we were utterly helpless, with no way of escape, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners who had no use for him. Even if we were good, we really wouldn't expect anyone to die for us. Though, of course, that might be barely possible, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. My brothers and my sisters, this is what humbles me most, that I am nothing, absolutely nothing without him. What about you today, my friend? What about you, my brothers? What about you, my sisters? Let me close by saying, Brokenness will increase you and make you fruitful because you put your trust in your God, the God who created you, and not in yourself. Because God takes those things that are broken, give them another chance of life, and uses them for his own glory. As he had used Jacob when his strength was broken down at Penel, and that's in Genesis chapter 32 verse 30. As God used David when he was broken, as also he used Paul when he was broken. It is my prayers today that you understand the importance of brokenness in your life before the Lord. Let me invite you again, my brothers and my sisters, to pray. My Lord and my God, the great I am that I am, the one who rolled away the Red Sea. We come before you today again with my brothers and my sisters. And I pray God that as many that are feeling down right now, even those that are broken, Father, I pray that you will touch them right now, that in their brokenness they might find you, O God. In their brokenness they might see you for who you are. And Father, a broken and a contrite heart. This, O oh God, you will not despise. So, Lord, like David, your servant, I ask, O oh Lord, that you answer our prayers today. Make us strong in the coming days. Thank you, Father God, because we know that our strength is from you, O oh God. And we thank you, even as I seal this prayer now in the precious name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and my sisters. Jesus, use me, oh Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. Lord, help my will to crumble. Though the cost be great, I'll work for you. Dear Lord, I'll be a witness if you will help my weakness. I know that I'm not worthy, Lord. Of you, 
by the eye of faith I see you on that cross of Calvary dear Lord I'll cry let me your servant be Jesus use me oh Lord don't refuse me surely there's a work that I can do even though it's humble Lord help my will to crumble though the cost be great I'll work for you Thank you for listening to the NUMA podcast. This has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Oguche. I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again.